0: hello and welcome to the journeys to wellness podcast so today we've got a bit of a special episode it is me by myself and i wanted to take this opportunity to talk a bit more about the breath and so i've done some videos looking at all of the science and everything but i wanted to do it in a more like interesting and sort of casual conversational style talking about the science and kind of maybe talking about some of my own experience or what i'm feeling or just explaining how i would to a friend rather than like boom here's the science this is the way it is like whatever so i hope you enjoy this episode talking about the breath how you can use it to support you how we can move through difficult emotions we can actually even use it to support us physically improve our physical performance our ability to hold our breath our ability to perform better in sport have greater endurance our ability to heal difficult emotions trauma ptsd there is so much going on with the breath and it's so powerful and this is why i keep talking about it because it really is amazing and it is one of those like key sort of practices that i highly recommend integrating into your life whether that is just like slow deep belly breathing to help you with anxiety or doing like three rounds of the sort of wim hof breathing or the more like holotropic breathing that like intense inhaling and exhaling to help create more energy let go of like feelings of being stagnant or feeling depressed or not knowing what to do and just connecting back into feeling inspired and empowered and feeling really good and so we're gonna start with some of the history of breath work and so basically People have been manipulating their breathing for thousands of years. And the main kind of lineage that I've connected into with that is yoga. And yogis as far back as like, I don't know, even like 4,000 years ago. So the first kind of bringing together of all of these practices was in a book called the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. And so Patanjali was this like ancient saint or sage who is accredited with writing three really important books and so that is the yoga sutras which is like the entire instructions of the practice of yoga the physical mental emotional breathing practices and then the, the deeper <laughs> the deeper practices and the next one is i don't know what the book's called but it's a like the kind of key things around ayurveda which is the oldest healing system in the world and then the other one is about the sanskrit language so it's about grammar and that whole language and how it all works well anyway that's not super important so and so breathwork has also been practiced in other cultures, such as like the Native Americans, even the Hawaiians have some cer- certain practices. There was one called the ha-breath that was practiced by the Hawaiian kahunas, who are like the wisdom keepers or the sages of the, Hawaii, the Hawaiians. And even the Inuit, they have their forms of throat singing, which was a form of lengthening the breath. And Tibetan and Burmese Buddhists, like different Buddhist practices, including Tibetan Buddhism, there's like the Tibetan Tomo meditation, which is really similar to the Wim Hof method, basically. It is a sort of breathing practice to generate, that's it's called like the inner fire. So creating that warmth for the people that were up in the mountains in the cold. There's like different Sufi breathing practices, different Taoist breathing practices like Qigong and Tai Chi and many, many others around the world. This is what I've talked about in the video. There's so many different breathing practices and people have been doing this for thousands of years because they've done it and they've noticed the benefits. But now in our modern society, we're actually able to do some really interesting, like, scientific experiments and figure out how the breath's affecting our body, how it is doing these really powerful changes. And so, one of the key ways the breath affects our body is through the vagus nerve. And this nerve, the vagus nerve, is, like, the important nerve for mind-body connection because it is the nerve that connects our brain back and forth between our heart, our gut, our immune system, it connects our brain to our body basically. And so when you hear about mind body practices that like you've heard, are like yoga, mind body practices, whatever it is, they're working on strengthening that nerve. And one of the ways that they measure the strength of the vagus nerve is through what is called heart rate variability. And you can test this out yourself right now if you want. You can put a finger like on your wrist and find your pulse there or your neck, if you know how to find your pulse. And practice like doing some really slow breathing, like a slow deep breath in and a slow deep breath out. And see if you can notice your heart rate change on the inhale and the exhale. And I know this is something that I've noticed before and I didn't actually know what it was, but heart rate variability is, yeah, it's how they measure the strength of the vagus nerve. So how much influence your mind has over your body. And it's also improved strength of the vagus nerve or improved heart rate variability is also like a protective factor people that have good heart rate variability so there's more variation on the inhale and exhale have lower risk of heart attack and stroke which is really cool as well so how do we strengthen the vagus nerve basically any practice of conscious breathing has been shown to strengthen the vagus nerve and in one study they found just 10 minutes of slow breathing so that's like five second inhaling and five second exhaling for just 10 minutes a day has been shown to be really beneficial and even help with emotional disorders such as depression anxiety and even ptsd which is really cool it's so powerful in helping us to relax to feel more calm to actually feel safe in our bodies and we'll get more into that soon And so before we get more into the kind of emotional healing aspects of breath work, we'll just go over a couple more things of the physiology, like how the breath actually affects our bodies, So then once we know that, we can understand how it has these really powerful psychological effects. And so basically when you breathe a lot, the more air in your lungs allows you to breathe out more carbon dioxide. And I don't know if you remember your high school chemistry class, but carbon dioxide gas is acidic. So when you breathe out a lot of carbon dioxide, it changes the balance of oxygen and carbon dioxide in your blood. And if you get rid of something that's acidic, your body temporarily becomes more alkaline which is interesting so what happens when your body becomes more alkaline if you've practiced breath work before you might have noticed like your hands can get quite tingly or numb you can hear ringing in your ears or you can even get what they call like the t-rex hands when you do like holotropic breath work like a long breathwork session where your hands like curl up and it can feel quite strange and quite intense and you kind of like they're numb and you can't move them and this is from the temporary, it's called alkalosis, and I want to mention as well, people thought, and there's still a lot of information out there, people saying, oh, the alkalosis is bad, it's like damaging for your brain, like that is not true, so they've done studies on that, and they found that this temporary alkalosis is completely harmless, there was a study done by I believe it was published by MAPS, who are the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, and this was on people practicing holotropic breathwork, which is that like intense breathing for a long period of time, like up to an hour or longer. So, eleven thousand people doing that for twelve years, and they found not a single person had any adverse physiological or psychological reaction. They also found that people doing these sort of breathing techniques had significant improvements in their heart rate variability Which shows a greater control over their nervous system Leading to a significant reduction in anxiety levels. So again the power of the breath for regulating our nervous system And you may have heard you may know it already or if you don't we have kind of like two modes for our nervous system, which you could simply express as like our rest and digest which is what is called the parasympathetic nervous system so this is when you're like feeling relaxed really nice very calm everything like feels good if you meditate if you do yoga if you like go for a cold swim at the end of the day you're chilling you're reading your book you're going to bed whatever it is for you That is getting into your parasympathetic nervous system. So our other one, our sympathetic nervous system, this is like the fight and flight nervous system. This is our stress response. This is when you're feeling really heightened and able to respond quickly and this is a really powerful thing and we've talked about this before on the podcast that like in the past it was really powerful to have the stress response like if there's a bear that's attacking you you are either fight or you or you run away and that saved your life but now in our modern society so many of us are walking around like in this constant fight and flight activation oh no i've got calls i've got emails i've got to post on social media I've got to reply to my friend oh no I've got I've got to do my work I've got to and and it goes on and on so breath work is a really powerful way to shift us from that kind of over activation of fight or flight into a more holistic or I don't know wholesome expression of our nervous system where we're able to relax more easily and it's actually been shown as well to the more you practice it, the easier or better able you are to regulate your nervous system. So when you are feeling stressed, it's even easier to shift back into that more calm and centered approach or <laughs> calm and centered activation of your nervous system, your parasympathetic nervous system. So one final thing to mention is about cerebrospinal fluid. So cerebrospinal fluid is a fluid produced in our brain, it moves through our brain and down the spinal cord, so it's cerebro in the brain and spinal in your spine. And it is responsible for the supply of nutrients to the neuronal cells in the brain and glial cells, which are the cells of our central nervous system, so they're very important cells and the cerebrospinal fluid also transports hormones and neurotransmitters through the central nervous system and it's also like your your garbage collector it cleans out the waste from your central nervous system so it's really important to have this flowing well and one of the main influences of the flow of cerebrospinal fluid is our breath and our diaphragm kind of acts like a pump for the cerebrospinal fluid and when when we're stressed and anxious and they've studied this a lot And you might notice this in yourself, like we can often hunch forward and we're we're not breathing properly, like we're breathing maybe in our chest, we're not breathing full into our bodies. And so there we talked about the benefits of breathing deep, and this is another benefit of breathing deep, it's actually helping your cerebrospinal fluid to flow more effectively. Yeah, so that's kind of the main key points about the physiology of the breath so now let's have a look at the psychological effects how the breath can help us to heal from stress anxiety depression trauma ptsd and more and so i start out my video talking about If you suffer from depression, anxiety, stress, or any of these difficult emotions, you're not alone. It's super common. Like, as humans, we experience emotion. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And the sad thing is, in our society, it's almost become, like, people don't want to talk about it. And, or admit... Hey, like I'm having a hard day, or people don't feel like they can say that, so just oh, I'll just keep working, like, harden up. I know, especially in New Zealand and among men, there is a great tendency for that, and I'm sure among women as well, and in the whole rest of the world, which is reflected by rates of prescriptions for antidepressant and anti anxiety medications, which are like the rates of prescription for them in the last 20 years has like exponentially grown. I believe in New Zealand, it is like one in seven or one in eight people are on antidepressant medication. And even the drug companies that make these medications say, Hey, like they can't actually heal you. All they do is temporarily reduce symptoms. And maybe that's helpful for some people at some time it's like oh this is too much and i can't deal with it so like st- it basically stops you from feeling the kind of high emotions or the lower emotions so you're more just like stable but they also have a whole host of side effects including like lifelong sexual dysfunction which remains even after you stop taking them like tiredness irritability weight gain um and, I mean, you can research that if you want to learn more about it. But in my video, I talk about a 2014 study where they applied under the Freedom of Information Act to the Food and Drug Administration in America. So, so um, the pharmaceutical companies, they obviously publish the studies that they're like, yo, look how drugs are effective, they work, you should take them, we're making absolute billies over here like heaps of money (laughs) um but these researchers applied for not just the studies that they had published but actually like all the studies they had done and they had they basically had to give it to them under the freedom of information act and when they compared all of the like published studies as well as the unpublished studies they found that antidepressant medications appeared to be no more effective than placebo so essentially you know about the placebo effect it's incredibly powerful and they found like there were no more effective than taking than people taking a sugar pill for depression and they also have all of those side effects that i talked about so how does this relate to breathwork breathwork has also been compared compared to placebo for depression and breathwork appears as though it is significantly more effective in treating depression than antidepressants or anti-anxiety medications and it doesn't appear to have any negative side effects in fact as we've talked about and will continue to talk about it has many positive side effects and heaps of research this is just like an exploding area in the last decade if you look on um like pubmed which is a place where you can read scientific studies and you search breathwork the amount of studies there's like couple 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 all the way up to the 2010s and in the last decade there's just been so many studies done which is really cool that this is getting out there more people are learning about it and actually people are studying it and when the science catches up to what people know we can start to Get this more into the mainstream basically and we can talk about it and say yo like like what i'm talking about today like yo this like breathing cool it's part of yoga and people like people might be like oh yeah whatever like but hey no we've done studies on it and it's actually really effective it's even more effective than some of the medications that we're using and it doesn't have any negative side effects and it's actually really good for you so In a study comparing people practicing slow breathing versus a control group who did nothing they found, of course, the slow breathing group had significantly improved mental function, ability to sustain attention for longer periods of time, and also had significantly reduced levels of cortisol, which is cortisol you may know as well, it's like the stress hormone, so when we reduce cortisol, less stress in the body and the people concluded basically long deep breathing is a very effective natural way to de-stress without the need for any drugs or medication and in 2015 a meta-analysis was published so I should have mentioned maybe before a meta-analysis is like when scientists look at all of the published studies so for example breathwork and they'll go find I don't know sometimes hundreds or thousands of studies and they'll find they'll sort them based on a certain criteria, like which ones had a control group, which ones like were well-designed and they'll they'll look at all of those studies and then they'll kind of put them all together and then see like the key findings. And so they did that for breathwork and they looked at all of the good research on breathwork um, and its effect on supporting people with emotion emotional states such as depression anxiety and stress and they found again slow deep breathing is a very effective treatment for depression for anxiety for stress and other difficult emotions through the way it helps shift our nervous system from the sympathetic nervous system like the fight and flight activation to parasympathetic activation the rest and digest activation like we talked about before and so there's heaps more studies supporting those findings um It's really cool, but I don't want to keep rambling on about that, so we'll get on to the next thing. So, Dr. Alan Hobson, who is probably one of the world's more famous psychiatrists, and he is one of the world's leading brain researchers as well, and he said that the breath is the link between the conscious and unconscious processes in the brain. And why is this? Partly because the unique physiological structure of the diaphragm allows it to be controlled consciously or unconsciously. So what does that mean? Like, you know how you can decide, okay, I'm going to breathe in and I'm going to breathe out. Like, we can consciously control it, but our breath also continues when we're not thinking about it. Sorry, I'm getting notifications on my phone. So our breath continues even when we're not thinking about it. And for example, comparing it to our heart, like we can think, oh yeah, I want to make my heart beat faster, oh, (laughs) but it's not necessarily actually going to make it beat faster, and like, As we talked about heart rate variability we may be able to have some effect but it's not the same as breathing so there's two different types of muscle fibers in the diaphragm which allow it to be controlled consciously or unconsciously which I find pretty interesting so this is kind of how it can create a bit of a bridge between the conscious and unconscious processing in the brain and by connecting the brain in these new and novel ways so when we consciously breathe it's starting to connect our brain in ways that we may not have before and this can help us to stimulate the safe processing and release of difficult emotions and there's actually been studies done that have shown that intense breathing so we've talked about some more like relaxed breathing and so this more intense breathing like sort of holotropic breath work basically (sighs) that that intense breathing for a long amount of time can actually Literally, change our brain. It can disrupt rigid patterns in the neural networks of our brain and help us to literally rewire our brain in more positive ways. And so, this is really powerful for helping to release unresolved emotional conflicts or trauma related emotional problems. And this is amazing for people that have been suffering from long term anxiety, depression, or even PTSD. And so I've, I've mentioned or touched on holotropic breathwork. And so holotropic breathwork was developed by a psychiatrist called Stanislav Grof. And he originally, I didn't end up putting this in the video because I didn't have time, but he started out working therapeutically with patients using LSD. And he, found, and he found that it was really powerful, and again, in the way that it helped our brains to connect in this new way, that he found it was super powerful for helping people to resolve trauma, anxiety, depression, and other difficult emotions. And he had so much success working with this. And you can read his research as well from the, like, 70s. And basically, LSD got made illegal. I won't go into that. That can be a topic for another time. But he needed something to basically like he was this is so powerful i've discovered this incredibly powerful way of healing and now they've made it illegal so what can i do and he started researching different cultures and he discovered breathing and that was kind of a common thread of healing like the shamans or the the yogis or whatever did this deep breathing and so he started practicing it himself and he eventually developed this Therapy called holotropic breathwork which is based on like breathwork in a group with people and he has his whole way of doing it and you have to train for like years to be a facilitator for that but the key takeaway is that deep breathing is incredibly powerful for helping us to move and heal through trauma anxiety depression even things that have been there for a long time and as I was researching, again, I didn't put this into the video, but there's some, because these are case reports, so in terms of scientific studies, there's, like, the double-blind controlled placebo trial, which is, like, the gold standard for scientific studies, and then there's, like, more observational studies, where they randomize people into different groups, and then there's, like, pilot studies, where they're just testing a hypothesis, and then the kind of lowest ones are, like, Um, like anecdotal evidence and case reports so there were but anyway these case reports were super interesting and they talked about people using this form of holotropic breathwork and having these really powerful healing experiences and one that i really remember was this little boy i believe he was 13 years old and he basically had become suicidally depressed because he got this he was from a small town in america and he got the sheriff's daughter pregnant and it was like a very repressive kind of christian town and everyone hated him basically he was kind of cast aside from everyone and he as anyone would felt horrible (laughs) so he did this uh session of breathwork and he had a really powerful experience where he he's reported that he met God and like became one with the universe and was able to like heal everything in his body and they were saying how amazing this was that anyone, even like a a young person, can have this really powerful, profound healing experience through breathing. You don't have to spend years like learning this technique or learning how to meditate or learning like Whatever, like anyone can have these really powerful healing experiences, just through breathing. And I'm not saying you're gonna have that experience straight away, but it'll it may come in the way that is best suited for you. And so I talked about this before as well. In 2013, in a really cool study of over 11,000 people followed for 12 years found this form of breathwork was an incredibly safe therapy, and it is really powerful in terms of emotional healing and release and over the 11,000 people over 12 years no one had a single adverse psychological or physiological reaction and they basically concluded it's a low-risk therapy that can support people with a wide range of physiological problems including anxiety depression and trauma and breathwork is now actually a like official therapeutic tool that is used in forms of like psychotherapy and psychology which is cool so it's actually becoming more and more part of the mainstream therapeutic approach and people are using it ahead like of antidepressants for example so it'll be like i'm not feeling well well like yo go try this breathing it's good for you it'll make you feel good it's got no negative side effects and they'll try that before just being like okay like you're not feeling good take this pill it's not actually going to help you like What it's going to stop you from feeling bad, but it's not going to help you get better, basically. So, another study on this form of breathing found that it helped people to discover more purpose in their life and even 12 months after that breathwork session, participants had increased well-being and life satisfaction. And some people even rated the breathwork session as what is called a peak experience, which is one of the most important experiences in life, which is like falling in love, Having a child, it's also what a lot of people report on, like, a mystical experience or, like, this transcendent experience that is like this, wow, this was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. So, that's cool to know as well. What sort of intense breathing are we talking about? Again, this is the circular connected breathing, so the big inhales, big exhales, and finally... One more study that I wanted to talk about, it was conducted by researchers at the Stanford Research Institute, so this is Stanford University in America, and they had war veterans suffering from PTSD, and so, I don't know if you know about this as well, but PTSD is incredibly, like, difficult, especially in veterans who have gone and seen, like, such horrible things, and much more than some people and then also a lot of people in their lives have certain experiences that can be incredibly traumatic and so they found in this study that war veterans suffering from PTSD after they participated in a week-long workshop practicing different breathing techniques so in this workshop over the week they did like slow breathing like we talked about earlier and they also did Faster, deeper breathing like we have also talked about. And they found that after just that one week workshop, PTSD, their PTSD scores were significantly reduced a month later. And even a year later, they were significantly reduced, which is really cool because the treatment well, the traditional treatment for PTSD is either like really intense medications that make people feel numb or like, painkillers, anti-anxiety, antidepressants, as we've talked about, that have all of these really intense side effects, and veterans often also have, like, really high substance abuse rates and suicide rates, and so it's really powerful that they've found and they've studied that the breath can be so powerful for helping people heal from trauma, and knowing that it is possible to heal, it's possible to get better, and... Our bodies have such an innate healing power when we give them the time and the space. We can deeply, deeply reset our nervous system at the deepest level, getting into the deepest like unconscious parts of our brain through the connection of the diaphragm, connecting our conscious and subconscious minds. We can literally rewire our brain. We can literally rewire and let go of these old thought patterns or limiting beliefs. We can also feel amazing i don't know if you've practiced breath work you feel pretty good afterwards it's such a great reset for the mind and the body resetting our nervous system increasing the flow rate of cerebrospinal fluid through the body increasing the strength of the vagus nerve making it easier to shift ourselves from feeling stressed to feelings of more clarity and relaxation and so i hope you've enjoyed this podcast i've talked about a lot of information so I hope you've made it through and maybe taken just a few key things away from it. And basically, the key point to take away, even if you just do six deep breaths, even if you just take five minutes and slow down and do some deep breathing, And the studies I talked about, 10 minutes a day was really powerful. So there's heaps of guided breathwork things on YouTube. You can do it yourself if you know how to breathe deep, I've also got a couple of guided breathwork sessions on my YouTube, which I'll link in the show notes, yeah, hope you've enjoyed this podcast of Journeys to Wellness, this is a slightly different one with me talking by myself, but Jane will be back next week for another really nice podcast, so we'll see you next week on the Journeys to Wellness podcast.